Bienvenue dans l'alcove. Welcome to the alcove. Aujourd'hui, on reçoit today our guests are Jojo and Tutti Flores. What frustrates you guys the most about being based out of Montreal? What frustrates? I don't know. It's it's not really. Man, I don't know. It's uh, not really frustrating for me to be based here. I think if you could make it in Montreal, you could make it anywhere. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty big challenge to come out of the city because uh, there's a lot of politics involved. Like, we're anglophone, right? And we were never part of the francophone clique. We always had to like sort of, if we're gonna get corporate gigs, it'll probably be the francophone guy first versus us, right? So we always had to almost prove ourselves twice as hard right. because we're anglophones in this city. Yeah. But I don't, it's, it's, I've never been frustrated, maybe because I enjoy it here. I, I like living in Montreal. It's like, uh, I mean, I've been every, like, in a lot of cities in different countries, and we have it good here. We just take it for granted because we're here, most people are here yeah. so, for such a long period of time and mm -hmm. they don't take a break. Because sometimes you need a break from where you're, where you're from to sort of appreciate it, sort of like step back and say, oh wow, we actually have it good in Montreal. Yeah. Because, like, I was in Sao Paulo for like a week and a half, and I was ready to come home. Why? Because I like it here. I enjoy it here. Yeah. Perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just let me just add on to that. One of the things, though, about uh, Montreal that I hear from a lot of um, other DJs and artists is that, like my brother was just saying, we take it for granted. It's the same thing with our with our music and our talent here. A lot of times, it's sad to see. But you'll see artists that are phenomenal in what they do and get no love in Montreal or, ver or very little. Or get it just to a point where they're like, okay, is that it? Do I, I think there's more. And then leave. And when they leave, it's people from Montreal afterwards are like, oh, that's our guy. That's our, that's our dude. That's our girl. No. That's Montreal. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's exactly it. No, that's exactly it. It's a shame. It really is because a, a lot of times artists leave, leave Montreal, which is sad, to get the recognition. And when they come back, they're bitter about it. They're like, when I was here, no one wanted me to play for, I, you didn't want me to play for your party or you didn't want me to do this event. Now that I'm there, you want me to do your event and at a price that, you know, is not, you know, what, I, what that person thinks they're worth now after working so hard to get to where they're at. You know what's crazy though, when I travel 10, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, when I say I'm from Canada, they'll say, oh, you're from Montreal. Now when I travel, And I say I'm from Canada. They say, "Oh, you're from Toronto." I'm like, yeah. "No, no, yeah, it's crazy." It's been a huge shift. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're slipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're slipping. But I think that what you're talking about is so true because most people, like you said, from Montreal, were born and raised in most big cities. People were not born there. No, it's they true. They came to New York. They came you're to Toronto. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing if you work in a job for a long time. Mm -hmm. You have to leave and come back to get a better position, a better yeah. salary. Mm -hmm. And that's it, people just It's a are, shame, yeah. They don't leave Montreal. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> My turn? <laughs> I have so many questions, but I only get one. So, um, I wanted to know what inspires you. So, what makes you get up and say, oh, yes, I have to do this, I have to do that? 
Oh, for me, it's um, a lot of it. Uh, it's changed over time, right? Like knowing when when I I'm talking specifically about DJing, is that when I've realized that it's something that I could pursue and make a career out of, I was like, wow, I'm doing something I love. I'm getting paid for it, and if you really break it down, I'm getting up and not working a day in my life. I'm doing what I love to do. And to me, not many people have that opportunity. The thing is, it's within their grasp. They, if they really, really want to do something they're passionate about, they could actually do it. It's just making sure those obstacles are not in your way or positioning yourself to maybe get to that um, position where you could take do something you're passionate about. A lot of times you need to do other things to get there. Uh, and I'm for, uh, fortunate enough to, to be able to make a career out of it. And so knowing that I would get up every day not to work is one of the things that you know in, keeps me going, inspires me. And how I was just getting back to how it shifted. It's now I look at my daughters and my wife and family. They're the ones. I see them and it's like, this is why I do it. Do it also, yeah. yeah. Same thing? No, <laughs> no, no. No, in the beginning it was like for me to see the world, to travel the world. And uh, DJing allowed me even to go back home to the Philippines for the first time. I, I, went, I left when I was six years old. I, I went back for the first time when I was 28. Why? Because the TV station there booked me to play an event in Boracay. And I was just, that opportunity would have never happened. So I think traveling inspires me. And then now it's like my brother's like, I have a son, I have a, an eight year old boy, and he inspires me. You know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are successful in DG, but you started something else the restaurant business. What, yeah. the, what does the restaurant business bring you? Creatively speaking, that maybe DJing is not really giving. Good question. Yeah, that's a very, very good question. Mm. I think you know what for for myself is um, reaching people in a different way, where we are able to do that through our music and the way we play it, and creating a story through our music. We're now giving people an opportunity to try cuisine or an experience that they've never had before and to me that's taking them on another journey that if we didn't have this place they would have never maybe tried Filipino food yeah we were introducing yeah. music now we're introducing It, food introducing which is cool. food and it's I find uh, what's great about what we do is that if you come to the restaurant music is a big part of it of the actual experience So we make sure that the music, whatever's played, is something that complements the food and the experience. And that's how come the way we built our menu, it's, it's sharing. So you don't go there and just have a main for yourself. It's a dish that you're gonna sit down with somebody and build kind of like your menu. You choose a bunch of stuff and then you share it. And it's about having that experience of trying different things as opposed to, okay, 
I'm gonna try this dish and that dish, and that's it. Whereas here, with our menu, where it's allowing a, a lot of different experiences through, through that too. Being able to share and touch food, because if you come uh, Filipino food, you uh, the way we we use we our utensils, we don't have knives, we use a fork and a knife. So and then even a lot of times, true Filipinos because of you know we're from the uh, rural like a rural poor part of uh, the country, um, you would use your hands, mm -hmm. you know. So a lot of times that touching and having the experience of everyone getting together is I find very important and one of the reasons why we we made our menu that way and we'll, ha we'll have a this um, meal it's it's a type of meal it's called uh, kamayan which is food that's just put on in front of you in front of the group and everyone just picks at it and it's about experiencing each other uh, talking about your day and other stuff and it's just an inviting you know, situation for everybody. But on a creative level, it's just coming up with theme nights like the yeah. tacos and 45s, the, the brunch, we call it rice and shine. So there's a lot of ways to be creative in a restaurant. It's yeah. just, uh, sure, sure. you know, yeah. but it, it also allows us to uh, sort of sit down and, and have a conversation with people. Yeah. We don't get to do that in the club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, Plus we start music. the, we, yeah, we start the night yeah. and we finish the night. By the time we finish, everyone's gone. Yeah, and you can't really have a conversation with someone while we're working. Yeah. It's so, on a smaller scale, small, you're, 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 like you say, you're in contact with people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. now, now really we can sort of like, yeah, now we can, we can yeah. have a, a yeah. sort of interaction mm -hmm. yeah, with people. And this is, I think that's what's cool about it. Yeah, and it's inviting. We want to make sure that whoever comes in feels at home. And if you, if you see the decor and the way we have everything, it's very welcoming. We want we want you to come in and feel like you're coming into our home and having our parents' food, you know, and experiencing Filipino culture. I think that was one of the the things that we wanted to make sure that everyone who walked through the door was able to experience. Because not many people have. <laughs> so. Does it, does, that, does it answer the question? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I find similar is it that you in both cases you're bringing pleasure to people. Yeah, as yeah. much you as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's what. I mean, you're not a dentist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, our partner, he's one of dentist. our partners, is a dentist. It's so funny you said that. Wow. <laughs> That's why he's in the restaurant business. <laughs> yeah, he needed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. Jen, you have another question? <laughs> your turn. I'll ask it later. Um, what is um, your motivation or your goal when you play a, a, a set? Sometimes you'll see DJs and it's like they're in their own universe and they're playing the music and it's like you don't know they're connecting with the people. People are not dancing but they don't seem to care. care and yeah. So what are you trying to communicate or what is important that you want to put out when you, 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 you play a set? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on the environment, like it depends on the event, but when I play, I try to reach as, as I try to connect with as many people in the room as possible. So I try to keep an eye out on, on how people are reacting to certain music. And it's just the, the connection, you know, just being able to have them trust me. And then I can sort of play certain things that I like, you know. It's not just about playing stuff that you would like. It's stuff that I would like. And we sort of like go back and forth, you know. Yeah, I would say it's definitely the, what we, I strive for is making that connection. 
and then like my brother said is once you do you're kind of like sort of building a trust with them and then you're like okay you're you're vibing you're dancing let me try this yeah let me let me let me let me try this song let me try uh, a remix you like this let me try this now so it's it's a it's an ongoing thing and uh, that's one of the things that um, I love about what I get to do is that it's never the same even though I'm playing sometimes the same genres of music or same artists same songs there's so much music and what's great is that reaching out to individuals and reading body language for us for me anyways it's body language that'll tell you if you're connecting with someone without that person being like we got this connection going on you know like the person's back could be towards me and I would know that that person is is feeling the music is liking them the, it's because of their body language if someone's just it always means they don't like my music they don't like the you know but it's about also making that person like I want to I want to make that person dance I have everyone else dancing there's something wrong with this person there's something there's something that this person needs and then for some reason it's almost like I don't see anybody else it's that person that I really really need to do something about you know because you were, saying, you were oh, talking about the preparation yeah. so if it takes you a day and a half to prepare do you let some improvisation come oh yeah yeah for sure there's always it's you know what when when we play it, there's not a set playlist yeah. there's a playlist but it's not in any order mm. like I'll just know where stuff are, uh, stuff belongs and I'll just pick from it so yeah. if certain if let's say for instance I go to a, a, I'm in a situation where the crowd is a lot older then I'll play stuff that's like 70, like 80s, 90s, like old, older stuff. So you just have to be able to read your crowd and, and improvise, you know? Yeah, as much as possible. Because you don't, you don't want to become predictable. Yeah. A lot of times, some DJs are guilty of that. But, but my brother and I like to introduce people to new music, you know? Stuff that they never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I also like to play stuff that you haven't heard in a long time. You're yeah. like, whoa, wow, yeah. I haven't heard that song in so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always like, I, I love it when people leave the club singing a song that they haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But uh, improvi- improvisation is a, is a big part of it too. Because uh, a lot of times people come up to me and they'll be, they're like, oh, yeah, what's next? I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> so like, what do you mean? Yeah, you know, they come. Like, yeah. Hey, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah. There? What's next? Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. Yeah. And so they're asking, "What's next?" I'm like, "I don't know." What do you mean you don't know? I'm like, "I don't know yet." Hold on. Hold on. Let me figure it out. You know? It's so funny, and it's almost like they're like, "How do you not know?" And you, honestly, you don't. Sometimes I'm playing. I'll have 30 seconds left on this song, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." And sometimes I get the best reactions from that. Yeah. But sometimes it, you hear elements in a song and you're like, oh man, this song would go nice with that song. Yeah. But you never, you just never know. It's just, yeah. yeah. But that's what's the whole, like, the fun part of our jobs, if you could call it. Because I, like I said, I'm not really working. But is that, is the, un, it's unpredictable. Because if it's not, yeah, if it's not and it's predictable, then it means that you're doing something that's already predetermined. Mm-hmm. You're thinking you already have it in your mindset okay i'm playing hip-hop and that's only it or i'm playing house and that's only it i'll actually try to incorporate as much different music as possible and still have that person dancing and tapping their toes you know like i'll play 
uh, a, like a rock song that has like a, a funk bass line, if you could even, you know what I mean? It's say that, like for example, uh, something that has a, a bass line that might have been sampled by a hip hop song that's newer, and I would merge them together or even remix them. Doing that is, is so much fun. That's how I find ways to keep myself, you know, imagine playing for the same people uh, doing certain nights for three, some nights that I'm doing, are three years in. I'm on my third year of that residency. Some have been even longer. So imagine trying to keep the the regulars in tune and like captivated. Because if not, they would be like, okay, what's what's going on in the no, next club? No, actually, no, no. What they're gonna do is they're gonna say, okay, you know what? Let's go to the club at this time because we know he's gonna play that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss. So. Strategy change because before you start to pull the record, yeah, right. yeah. which we love to do. I still love to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was very back then. It was very visual, hands on. Yeah, yeah it was very visual because I, I, back then I would have a record. I would not even I know the artist, but I wouldn't know like uh, all the little fine details because I would just see the color of the record. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna play. There's my record. I'm gonna go play it. <laughs> but now you have to look at the name of the song, the artist. Because you're scrolling through a screen. I, I, I use a laptop. So you still have to like, now you have to look at the fine the finer details of the name of the song, the artist. And, yeah. and in, in my mind, I thought it would be easier for you guys because now you can just probably type it in and pop mm-hmm. up. So I guess mm-hmm. the old fashioned way was more visual. Yeah. Right. And it was more sequence. Yeah. yeah. In how you're going to put your plays together. Right. Because to you could only there. bring X amount of records <laughs> with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how come a lot of times DJs would have big entourages <laughs> so they could all carry a record Bring more records <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's funny because what what i miss about uh playing vinyl and playing off of records is the um i would make sure that whatever record i had with me was going to get played or had a chance of being played yeah no fillers yeah nowadays there's so much music and it's it's the libraries it's all depend like there it's infinite basically and a lot of times there's it could be overwhelming because it's just too much and so it could happen where you have like a mental block you're like oh what should i play next yeah because even if you want to if you can type a song you have to remember that song mm-hmm. you know sometimes i'm just like oh my god what's the name of that song yeah and i can't think of the name because and then i don't end up playing it you know yeah. there's pros and cons for sure yeah i mean i miss playing records because that's you know for me it's a lot more fun yeah but the convenience of just having all my music with me wherever i go it's just you can't beat that yeah and a lot of times too people who've never really uh grabbed a record and picked up a needle on a turntable and played it and hearing the sound of a vinyl being played as opposed to an mp3 oh my the, if you had never heard it or experienced it it's something honestly it's something you need to yeah you yeah. need to hear and experience it because it's it just there's so much warmth it's imagine uh it's like a, 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 an mp3 is like a handshake whereas a vinyl is like a hug you know you feel it's so um 
just the, the experience of it, it's, it's completely different from an MP3, you know? So. I almost feel like you see the visual of people around a record player and then you have the <laughs> records like all out. Yeah, kind of yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And touching it, I mean, as opposed to going on a CD player like start, stop, it's like you're holding it, you're putting it, you're, you're flipping it, you're putting it on, you're, mm. you're backtracking, and it's almost like it's a, it's a totally different experience, you know, all around. And, uh, and even now, like kids nowadays, if you look, you'll find turntables at every, every major retailer, and you'll find records in Urban Outfitters. Urban Outfitters is now the number one retailer for vinyl in North America I think as 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 an outlet yeah it's crazy yeah, they still sell vinyl yeah yeah and if you go go into a store and you'll see there's turntables and then they have their own designated record section now which is phenomenal because kids nowadays it they for them it was all digital now they get to open the record and then pull it out check the sleeves open up if it's even better if it's a gatefold like, like you could open it up and then you're reading everything and then you're moving stuff they want that they want to get that feeling and that's how come if you look now there's a, it's it's everywhere now because people want that experience just seeing that needle move yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm thinking about the uh the next generation of djs um uh, kids listening to this um, conversation that we're having here tonight what um, kind of advice do you have for them looking to break into this type of industry? Uh, I, for myself, uh, I actually have a lot of people over the years have asked me the same. And uh, I've even had it where people have come up to me and said, oh, you know what, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm, I'm an up and coming DJ. What do you, what advice do you have for me? And I usually tell them, I'm like, just practice. Practice, practice, practice. Number one, get, never settle. Always make sure and think to yourself, there's someone that I like, I need to get better. Even when you think you got it, there's something else you could add to it. I'm, I'm 23 years in DJing and I still feel there's so much improvement for me to still do. And the key for me too is adding these new elements if I can, you know, um, a lot of times, I tell them, you gotta have time, that time in your schedule to practice. And also to get your music out or, or mixes to as much people as possible. Even when you think that person, if I give this to someone, it's not gonna do anything for you. You never know. You give it to that person, that person could like the way you're, you're playing, it could get you a gig. It could be like, hey, I know somebody that maybe you could talk with. Um, you know, for me, it's it's about knowing also that it's something that you really want to do, because uh, a lot of times people will come up and ask me, uh, and they don't even want to become a DJ, but they just love music, and they want to experience touching and playing with with vinyl, and and they've asked me, like, would you teach me how? Can you teach me how to? to play and DJ and it's just for themselves because they have a stressful job or they have so many other things going on but for them it's a way for them to escape that 
I think uh, what I the advice I give is just for them to respect uh, the art form and learn uh, the history, the basics. Uh, don't go from A to Z. Don't forget the B's, the C's, the D's. You know, learn everything that has to do with it, with the with DJing. And um, if they're if they're willing to put time into that and and just like respect the the craft and. I think uh, they'll appreciate what they're doing a lot more. It'll help them get to <laughs> to where they would, they want to get yeah. to for sure. Because I can I can you know from the experiences that I've had DJing, I mean I can set up a sound system if I wanted to. I can I know if there's a problem with the sound system, I can find it. You know, no, most kids nowadays, if something happens, they're just like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Why did yeah. my song just stop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have I have friends that have been DJing for years as well, and sometimes there's certain things that happen, and they'll call me and they'll say, "Hey, do you know what happens if this if this sort of thing happens?" I'm like, "Did you check this? Did you check that?" And you know, it's like you have to know that your 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 tools, you know. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You answer like all of my questions that I have. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, but I'm just curious. Like I've never saw somebody uh, use vinyls to to mix. Usually, how does it work to do that in life? Like, do you do you do it? Uh, I still have I still have a, a lot of my records, but the way I, I the way I play at at home, I have vinyl controllers mm -hmm. that uh, that that um, it communicates with my with my laptop. So whatever song I choose. It basically goes onto the vinyl, and I can manipulate that song with vinyl, as opposed to CDs. Yeah, as if it's the real record. So, so oh. it's basically temporarily putting the song onto the record. Yeah. So but I, 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 yeah, I enjoy using that format because I still have all my music and I still get to play. And on stage, Well, because when I, I travel a lot, right? So I, I yeah, it's, it's hard for me to do that. So and plus most. Most uh, venues don't have turntables anymore. Yeah, which is a shame. And if they do have turntables, it's probably not working well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they become they put um, the they put their they drinks, put their on, drinks yeah. on it, <laughs> or their CD booklet or something else on it. Yeah, but uh, decoration. Yeah. But, but that's one of the things that um, um, I missed is is playing with vinyl, and that's how come I made sure that when we we do when we open the restaurant that we would do. We only have turntables. turntables yeah. mm -hmm. We don't have anything else. So if we have DJs come and play. Friends, are, they're usually friends of ours. We tell them it's, we only have turntables. <laughs> so don't bring, don't be bringing CDs or anything like that. Yeah. So not a lot, a lot of the new kids can't play on our. Yeah. On our, yeah. On our so system. it's really really funny. And uh, what's great is that um, you know I miss playing on them. That's how come it uh, with the restaurant it's allowed me to have that continue that love affair with it. You know, so it's 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 helped me a lot because, like my brother was saying, a lot of venues don't have that anymore. Yeah. So, it's it's a shame, but we have it. <laughs> Keeps it going. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what was one of your biggest challenges that actually became one of your biggest blessings, and how that Ooh. made you a better person. I think what uh, wow. in terms of DJ. No, no, but but it, 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 wow. in in terms of it. For DJing or whichever, whichever venue you want to talk about. 
Well, as a DJ, I started playing uh, black music. I was into yes. hip hop, funk, soul. I played soulful music. And the challenge with that is I wasn't black. <laughs> I'm Filipino, right? So I didn't get a lot of respect from a lot of the, the, the black people that were in the scene at that time because I was a Filipino guy playing black music, you know? And uh, that was a big challenge for me. That was a big challenge for me. And how did you overcome that? I just had to prove myself and say, listen, I'm as good as those, I'm yeah. as good as the guys that are black. I'm, I'm, I'm as good as the guys that, that made the music, you know? So I just, I just had to prove myself. Yeah. I, I have, it's probably the same for me. I, I can actually recall a, a specific uh, moment. Uh, it was one of the first times I ever played in Toronto. And um, it was actually a party my brother and I played together. And he was playing on another room and I was playing, uh, so he was playing house and I was playing hip hop, R&B, reggae funk soul roughly and so I, I decided to go into a reggae set and so the reggae I decided to play was like a, uh, it was more um, like old school mm -hmm. so I was I was playing tracks and the crowd was really into it and then I, I saw that a group three or four people come even closer to the DJ booth and they're right in front of me so I'm playing and back then it's vinyls right so I'm grabbing the records and the thing about playing uh, reggae, it's like you change the songs fast. Mm -hmm. You don't leave them long. Yeah. So you got to keep continually changing them. So I'm changing, and, and I'm changing my records, and they're they're dancing, and they're getting really into it. The crowd, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And then I switched from reggae back to hip hop or R and B, and one of the guys came up around me, around, and they they kind of came around to the side and. The guy goes to me, who are you? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, what's your name? So I tell him, I goes, and I, and I go, are you from Toronto? I'm like, no, I'm from Montreal. And he's like, how do you know, how do you know this music? How do you know these tracks? I said, what do you mean? He goes, this is black music. <laughs> no, he, he said that to me. Really? Yeah, and I was just like, I don't know. To me, it's just music. Exactly. It's good music. Exactly. And it's yeah. music that I feel. Yeah. And so then, then he goes, and that's why you feel you play differently than other people. So I was thrown back. I was like, wow. And then he's like, honestly, you play, you play this. I'm like, he goes, he kept, he said to me, black music better than some black people that, you know, that they're DJs. And I was like, and I said to him, I don't know. It's just, I guess I'm feeling the music. Maybe it's just the way I'm interpreting it. You know, as opposed to another DJ, and so that was one of the things is 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 getting past some of those obstacles that people put on you. It's like a stereotype, kind of, kind of like stereotype, yeah, definitely stereotype. And I think that experience, I didn't know how to feel about it at first, and then I was just like, wow, okay, was that a compliment? Because the way, no, because of the, no, because of the way, yeah, because of the way he was saying it to me, I was like, oh, I don't know, did, did I am I like doing something? Goes no. Keep doing. This is amazing. Because you're better than all these other Toronto DJs. And this is one of my first times that I ever played in Toronto. And to have that, uh, you know, reception and the connection, it, it was just like, wow. You know what? I'm do actually people are really appreciating what I'm doing because not only am I like having people dance, but this person's coming up to me and say to me, "How do you know this stuff? Like, why? 
you're not black. That's almost pretty much what he was saying, you know? And then I was just like, oh, that was kind of like a weird experience. But at the same time, it made me realize that there's stereotypes put on us, even as like artists and as, as DJs, yes. you know? So I think that's kind of helped me help be, help me become a better <coughs> DJ, even slash person. Yeah, because you're breaking barriers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, so that was probably it for me. <laughs> okay, my question. Last question. Last yeah. question. So much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> In a world where we are so wired, yes, we're very disconnected. I call you both as connectors. Uh, connecting us through food, through music, and through your generous personalities. How do you stay relevant? Well, for me, I, I've always found it difficult in terms of like uh, for my career because uh, every three, four years, the the crowd changes. Mm-hmm. Like there's different generations of kids going out. So you have to figure out, okay, what are these kids listening to? How do I reach them? And now it's social media. And um, yeah, you just have to keep up with technology, whether it's equipment that we use to DJ uh, versus the, uh, the technology to promote. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you maintain uh, being relevant. It's just you have to always keep your ear to the ground yep. and see what the next big thing is. Now I'm starting to use Snapchat and I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not even into it, but, I'll yeah. but I know that's where, that's where people are. Yeah, everyone's saying you, know? you need to get on it. You have to, you have to know where, where people are listening to your music. YouTube is another mm-hmm. place where a lot of people listen to music. So I have a lot of mixes on YouTube. So you just got to put your music out where, out where, where, where most people can really can get to it easily because nowadays people are lazy you know they're they're just like (laughs) man they just want to press one button and and get you know so you just have to put yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) you just have to put it i I put my mixes on all platforms so it's really accessible for people and i think that's how i maintain um you know my being relevant being relevant yeah yeah no, because I'm not selling it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just sharing it. I mean, there's sometimes mixes are taken out because it's a, let's say, for instance, if you put a Prince track mm-hmm. on anything, it's going to be taken down. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So there's certain artists that yeah. really don't care if you're if you're not making money, you know. So yeah, for me, the maintaining um, you know our relevance is um, is knowing the trends, knowing what um, people are listening to now. And also um, presenting it in a way that other people wouldn't um, maybe try to do. So a lot of times um, reaching the younger generation, because like my brother was saying, every year, every three or four years, there's a shift. You know, uh, people that are going out uh, eventually get full-time jobs or families. And then they so start going to restaurants. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And we, and we have that covered. Yeah. So when, 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 I see people, when I see people, I'm like, hey, how come you don't go out anymore? Ah, oh, you know. No, but it's true. Yeah, we get oh, that, so we come to the restaurant yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. So we get that all the time. But um, that's one of the things is that um, reaching the younger generation, knowing what they like, and maybe trying to you know, give them what they like, but in a different way. Uh, I think for me 
uh, a lot of the places that I play, it's younger kids that are, are going out now. So it's so funny seeing them. And it's almost as if um, it's easier to play for them. They're so much easier to please than, than the older, or for when I was playing years ago, five, 10 years ago. It's like they, they want to hear the most popular song and they're okay with that after. You don't even, they just want to hear that. They don't want to hear, a lot of times when you try to get creative, they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, honestly. So now, now almost being relevant, uh, maintaining our relevance is actually not being as creative. It's really, really odd. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really, really odd.